You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants fans, and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And on today's show, we have for you a special interview that I was able to do with former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi, now an analyst for the VSIN Sports Betting Network. Before we get to that, wanted to uh, get to a couple of, of Giants notes. And also, as we do every week, I wanted to uh, to make my pick for this week's Giants game. Giants, of course, on the road on Sunday facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you read Big Blue View, you've already seen our picks for this week by the entire Big Blue View staff. And you already know that this week I am picking the Giants to win on Sunday in Jacksonville. Giants are, of course, a three-point underdog against the the Jaguars, even though the Giants are five and one in Jacksonville is two and four. I am picking the Giants to win this game, but in all honesty, I'm not a hundred percent confident in that selection. This is a difficult game for the Giants. Jaguars are better than their 2-4 and four record indicates, as you'll find out a little bit later during our conversation with, uh, with Mike Lombardi. He tells me that the Jaguars are actually a more talented team than the Giants, but I'm going to, to pick the Giants to continue to find ways to win here and, uh, and keep this, uh, this role going, get to 6-1, and one and continue to uh, to show the NFL that perhaps they actually are for real this season. Something that no one expected was to see the Giants making a, a run toward the playoffs. And, and I think that the good fortune for the Giants could continue on Sunday. Although, as I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants lose this game. But I, I think that this week... At least one more week, the Giants' roll of, of good fortune will continue. So I'm going to pick the Giants to win this game. Check BigBlueView.com to see how all of the Big Blue View contributors picked this game and all of the uh, NFL Week 7 slate. And also, please remember that if you're going to... Uh, if you're going to drop uh, a few of your hard-earned dollars on this game, please remember that... Uh, Age and minimum eligibility restrictions apply. Please see all of our show notes for details. 
SB Nation partner DraftKings, of course, the best place for you to bet a little bit of money on the games. So uh, check out DraftKings for uh, all of the all of the offerings over there. All right, Giants fans, just a quick note about uh, Kadarius Tony. Looks like Tony's going to miss another game on Sunday with his continued hamstring issues. Tony spoke to media on Thursday, had some interesting things to say about uh, his hamstring injury, said he thought maybe he came back too soon the last time, said he's really not sure what he can do in the future to avoid hamstring injuries. He said they are tricky, which we know uh, that, uh, you know, we've seen that in the past. Guys get a hamstring injury and then it seems to linger and linger and linger and they continue to re-injure it. So we'll see what happens with Kadarius Tony. Stop by BigBlueView.com to read my story on Tony's remarks on Thursday as well. All right, let's uh, let's get right to uh, my interview now with Mike Lombardi. Okay, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, three-time NFL Super Bowl winning executive, and currently part of the VSIN Sports Betting Network. Michael, thanks for a couple minutes today. No worries, Ed. Hey, let's let's get right to it. Five and one New York Giants. Everybody's shaking their head trying to figure out how this happened. How are the Giants five and one? Are you buying this Giants team as a as a real playoff contender at this point? Or are you selling on five and one? Well, I mean, look, you can't dispute the record. You know, as what Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. And I think they've done a wonderful job of managing the game, of staying attached to their opponents, of getting the game into the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they've been very good. I mean, they've been able to win the fourth quarter and overcome some obstacles. You know, I mean, they beat Baltimore in the fourth quarter. You know, they come back and beat, you know, they beat Tennessee in the fourth quarter. Carolina in the fourth quarter. So I think that that every game, whomever they play, whether it's Jacksonville, whether it's Detroit, whomever they play, it's always going to be the same game. And they've got to continue to find ways to win in the fourth. You know, and I think if they ever get to a situation where they play an elite quarterback, now you said they played Green Bay, they did. I'm sure Green Bay's offense is elite, but, you know, they've got to stay attached to them and they've got to be able to protect the football, which they've done very well. I mean, they've only had six turnovers all season. So, you know, they protect the ball, keep the game in the fourth quarter. It proves the point that Parcells used to teach everybody, and obviously it went to went to Belichick, that you got to avoid losing before you can win, and that's what they're doing. And the question that, that Giants fans keep coming back to is whether or not this is sustainable, the way that they're playing. Most games in the NFL have lost, not one. I mean, let's be clear. You know, teams turn the ball over. They have penalties. They, they play poorly in the red zone. Situational football. What determines, you know, what are the key components of winning games in the NFL? And the Giants have been able to do a good job in those areas, and they've let the other team kind of melt down. You know, this is the fifth-best red zone defense in football. That's a really important stat, right? They're the fourth-best third-down defense in football. That's a really important stat. So when you're good in those two areas, you prevent scoring, prevent touchdowns, and you get off the field on third down, that is a sustainable issue. Now, if they played against Phil, when they play Philly, when they play against some of the better offensive teams, it's going to be a little bit more 
they've done a great job of managing their quarterback. I mean, they've done a good job of keeping him keeping him from beating them, essentially. He's only thrown two picks all year. You know, he's had four game-winning drives. Think about that, right? And he only has 107 completions after six games. Since you brought up Daniel Jones, let's go there for a minute. Giants obviously have a decision to make about him at the end of the year. If you're sitting in that chair... The way he's playing, the way the Giants are, as you said, managing him, is he showing you enough to be a guy that, that you bring back next year, maybe for a, another year or two as uh, as the quarterback? Well, I think it's all value, right? I mean, you have to appraise the property. And, you know, like that's what most general managers are. They're appraisers. And I think when you study Daniel, you know, they're the worst team in explosive plays in the National Football League. They're not taking chances. They're managing them. And I say this respectfully to Daniel Jones because most quarterbacks, with the exception of very few, have to be managed. You know, they have to have the right skill set around them. They've got to be put into the right situations and taken advantage of. And, you know, the Giants have only attempted 159 passes all season, really, for six games. That's not a lot. And he doesn't make plays down the field. He averages, you know, under seven under seven yards a, a, a catch, which to me you have to be in the mid-sevens to be a legitimate winning playoff team. But they've managed him, and he's done a good job. And Barkley's been sensational running the ball. You know, they're never going to win the yardage. They're never going to win. They're never going to look flashy. They're just going to be at the game in the fourth quarter and hopefully win it there. You look at this team, and they're still five and one, sure, but. They still have a long way to go to to build this roster to probably what they want to build it to. Can you can you make an argument that maybe you yeah. use Daniel as your as your bridge quarterback for the next couple of years instead of instead of going out and using draft capital on a guy now? Well, I think to me that it really comes down to would you you want to pay Daniel thirty five million? I don't. Is he worth thirty five million? No. I mean, you got to appraise him. Is he would he be a an $18 million a year player, you know, you've got to compare him to what other player you could use for $18 million. You know, I mean, I think that nobody's going to go out and give Daniel Jones a, a $50 million a year contract. No team's going to do that. No team's going to go out there and, and overpay him. They see the same things you see. They see limitations. They see that he still fumbles the ball in the pocket. They see the Giants doing a wonderful job of managing him. Now, just because he's free doesn't mean he gets $50 million. Just because you're a free agent doesn't mean you're going to get 40 it's all about value, and I think that's that's exactly the job of the of the giant front office is to put a value on this and to determine really what he is worth and what he's worth comparative to other players that are available. This isn't let's sign Daniel; it's let's let's look at all our options and then make the best decision. All right, let's talk a little bit about Joe Shane and Brian Dable. You're a guy that that has said for years. You know, when you've assessed the Giants and looked at the Giants, that that maybe they were behind the curve a little bit, that they were stuck in their own uh, in their own ways of doing things. How do you, how do you look at at Joe Shane and, and Brian Dayball and, and the Giants' choice to to bring them in at this point? Look, after having five years of winning 22 games, I think if you continue to go down the same path, you, you, you know that's called that, that's called stupidity. And I think that Joe, you know, John Mara is one of the nicest people on the planet, you know, and 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 you want him to succeed, but obviously 
the people that he had around him didn't really allow that, and they made a lot of decisions based on based on more at a loyalty. I think if you really sum up the Giants, it's more they over they, they're overly loyal to their people, and they keep people probably longer than they should. And I think sometimes you need a fresh change of pace, you need a fresh look, and I think Joe has brought that. I think Brian's brought that. Those two guys are united at the hip. Over the last five years, whether it's been McAdoo, whether it's been Shermer, whether it's been Judge, there's never been true alignment with the front office. There's never really been true alignment. They've never seen the game the same way. And, and, and if you study the history of the NFL, teams that win, there's perfect alignment. You could say, well, Parcells and George Young weren't always aligned. Yeah, that's that. in some degree that's true, but they were aligned in terms of how to build the team size, speed, physicality, how they wanted to play the game. There was total alignment there. They would maybe disagree on whether they should pick you know, Joe Morris or Butch Wolfolk or whoever that was, but there was an alignment on the construction of the team, and there was honesty in the evaluation of the team. That's something that was missing with the Giants. They were never really honest about their own evaluation, and I think that that's changed, and I think that's for the better, and that's why they've been more successful. And how much credit does Brian Dable deserve at this point? There's all, there's all this early chatter about him as, as coach of the year and chatter about, oh, the Giants look like the best coach team in the NFL. How much credit does he get right now? Well, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think the, the staff deserves credit. I've said this on my podcast many times. I think that when you watch Mike Kafka call plays, he calls plays like a head coach. He's not trying to win the yardage. He's not trying to go out there and show people that he's this brilliant offensive mind and that he's calling plays like he lives in a basement in Des Moines. I mean, he's calling plays to allow his team to manage the game and give himself the best chance to play. They're one of the slower teams in the league in terms of pace per play, and that's there's a reason for it, right, because they don't want to play too much defense. Martindale's done an incredible job. Just look at their situational defensive football, as I mentioned earlier, third down defense. Red zone defense. Those are areas where, and pressuring the quarterback. Those are areas where really that's where they've excelled. So, you know, Brian hired the people, he put them in place, and they've done exactly what they were. And, and he's done a good job of not getting caught up with, I got to call the plays. He's took a step back, saw the game from 30,000 feet, and he's managed the in game really well. So I have to ask you I keep getting asked from, by people on both sides of the aisle. Giants are five and one. They've won three straight games. Jaguars are two and four, lost three straight. Yes, they're at home. But how is it that Jacksonville is favored on Sunday? Well, Jacksonville's the more talented team. Let's just put that out there. They are the more talented team. Jacksonville loses games because they don't do what Brian Dayball's been doing. They don't manage the game always correctly. They go for it on fourth down when they have when they're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of fourth down conversions. They pass up points at, at a ridiculous rate. They lost close games. You know they're in the lead. They're in the lead against against the the Colts pretty much most of the game. The last five drives of the game, the Colts scored the Colts score points. You know they haven't found a way to close out games. They truly get away from some of the things they do really well. They're playing the Houston Texans. Houston's in a seven-man front. They could have run the ball all day long against the Houston Texans. They ran for 136 yards, but they could, but they stopped running it. And they lose the game 13-6. They turn the ball over in the red zone. Last week against the Colts, they run for 243. You know, and and, and they don't and and really didn't run it enough. 
they didn't really run it enough in that game, and they ran for 243. So it's a little bit of a misnomer. The Eagle game was played with rain, and Trevor Lawrence fumbled the ball four times. They turned it over five times. That was a closer game, you know. But this is a talented team. They'll have trouble blocking them. The Giants will have trouble. they got to get the ball out quick. And they're going to have to be able to pressure Lawrence. And they're going to have to be able to, to make him not have those easy throws. They run a lot of screens. They run a lot of different looks in terms of getting the ball out of his hands. And they're a tough team to play down there. I mean, I know Houston went in there and won the game. But typically, they're, they're a tough team. When they played the Colts the first time in, in, in down in Jacksonville, they shut the Colts out. And the game was over by midway through the second quarter. They really had dominated the game. The last three weeks, they have not played as well defensively as they did earlier in the year. They haven't created a turnover in two weeks. Mike, before I let you go, I need to ask you about Kadarius Toney. Obviously, this is a guy that can't get on the field for two years now. It's been, you know, one hamstring or quad or one injury or something, you know, one after another. If you're sitting in that in that GM chair, are you looking to move on from Kadarius Tony at this point? And does he have any value to anybody? Well, I mean, durability is a trait, right? Durability is a skill set. You've got to be durable to get on the field. If you, if you can't, if you can't play, you know, durability it, it offsets ability. So no matter how talented you are, if you can't get on the field, you become a liability. Now, I'm not saying they should. He has great potential. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to have to figure it out. It's a little too early to give up yet because it's only in the second season. And certainly you wish that they would do more. And I don't know the background. I don't know if this is because he doesn't work as hard to get ready, you know. But when you have soft tissue injuries like this late in the year and you're a skilled player, that's not good. And you never seem to overcome them. I mean, the guy started five games in his NFL career. That's all. He's played in 12, right? You know, and so in those 10 games last year that he played, he did, you know, he made some plays. You know, he was able to gain, you know, I think he had like 39 catches. And, you know, he looked like he had a chance to be a breakout player. But at the end of the day, if you're not durable, you're not helping your team. And the fact that he's only been involved in in two games this season is kind of disappointing for his career. And he's going to have to get it turned around. All right, Michael, thank you very, very much for a few minutes. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do this again. Thanks, Ed. All right. Take care. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.